episode 97 of Sold Without Dyke Pew. So we are here to kind of piggyback off of what we talked about last week mm-hmm. um, and kind of now thread into what HOAs are and what you should know about them. Yep. Hey, uh, what to know? Yeah. What to know when buying, when buying an, an HOA. HOA. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we uh, mess the title up, but you get the gist. You get the gist. Yeah. So, so. It's, the, you know, HOAs are a good thing and they can be a hard thing to live with. You but. stole my closing segment. I was going to say oh. that... Um, they are a double-edged sword. Okay, you said that. I did. <laughs> but they're really, they, they really are. A well-run HOA can bring so much value to a piece of property. Right. And, you know, HOAs are, uh, you can live in an HOA if you are in a condominium, if you are in a townhome, if you are in a master-planned community, right. if you're in a gated community. You might even have more than one HOA to deal with. And that's, I think, you're absolutely right. And that was one of the things that I thought was very interesting is, like, we did some clients in Las Colinas, mm-hmm. and it turned Valley out Ridge. there were four HOAs mm-hmm. in there. And we lucked out because we re- had them repaint the house, and it happened to be just perfect within the color wheel, so we mm-hmm. didn't get in trouble. Yeah. But there's a lot to learn. And so one of the things that we want to do is kind of point out where um, in a contract you're going to get the information and then what you do once you get it. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things is in the contract is that you negotiate how many days you have to get it. Um, HOAs are set up so that if it's under 10 days, typically it's considered a rush and there's an additional fee to it. Mm -hmm. So typically people in the industry are going to give you 12 days. That gives you plenty of time to get it. And then once those documents come in, you have six days to review those documents and provide those to the underwriter, your lender, and make sure that it all lines up and that they're comfortable lending on that. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm sorry. I got lost. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right actually weston's right i'm giving him a hard time today um the uh, the 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 con the the information that you're getting is also it's very important to go through and actually read the documents right a lot of it is boilerplate that uh, that is either defined by the condominium act or it's just you know they're, t- they're templated hoa bylaws rules of regulations right. articles of incorporation but there are subtle differences that do make a big difference. And the one thing that um, I learned through the condo that I had is about the insurance and what it's carried mm-hmm. um, when the inspection or when the appraisal was done on the property and what they had um, appraised it for. And these are things that we could get into in a later time. We only have a few minutes to discuss this now. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about buying an HOA, let us know. We'd be happy to look some of those over. Yeah, absolutely. But the big thing, too, about the insurance coverage is the insurance coverage that the actual HOA carries, especially in condos, high-rises, is going to dictate what you need to purchase as a homeowner. And so it's what you share with your insurance provider, and they'll help you make sure that the coverage is enough so that you can actually rebuild in case of a total loss right. or just a partial. Yeah, because you've got to really tie your policies together. Uh, Correct. In, you know, it's like cogs on a wheel. And in some of the HOA insurance policies, they cover the roof and in some they don't cover the roof and in some they cover um, you know they, they cover the structure and in some in some they don't cover the structure so you just really have to know you know know what you're doing to to tie those all together and the, it, the simplest thing is like windows might not be covered mm-hmm. and these are things that you would need to add onto your policy and so it is something that you need to come through and make sure that there are basically no gaps in the cogs so that you don't end up having to come out of pocket if anything were to happen right knock on wood then right. nothing does 
The other thing to keep in mind about homeowners associations is knowing what they control and what they don't control. And, um, you know, as I said earlier, they can be a great thing because they do provide continuity to a neighborhood. You know, when you buy into a neighborhood, you, you're many times you're buying because of the aesthetic of mm -hmm. the neighborhood. And you want that to either be better, be the same or be better than what it is when you buy there. And right. so in many communities, they do have paint standards and they do have uh, front yard care standards and they, you know, they have architectural control communities that if you are wanting to make some kind of significant change, you've got to submit right. documentation to show what you're doing. And these are, and, and certain ones, not all of them. So we don't want to paint this giant stroke that says that they're difficult, but there are rules that they don't bend on. And so it's to keep all of the homeowners happy mm -hmm. and being held to the same. So even the, some of the more extreme ones we've heard where they've actually said that a certain number of plants mm -hmm. must be used in the front yard. Um, there must be a certain number, a certain amount of grass, and even to the point where they say spacing. Mm -hmm. So these are things that you need to be concerned about because certain personality types just don't work that well with uh, that type of living. That kind of oversight. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is the, the polite way to say that. Yeah, and it does, uh, there are, um, uh, other th factors that come into it, like the fencing, mm -hmm. the material that's used, the height of it. Um, you know, we, I know there are some homeowners associations that have a rule where an owner has to park in their garage. They cannot leave their cars out on the apron overnight. Right. So, you know, in be mindful. Again, again, it provides continuity, but you have to make sure before you get into you know into buying that too far down the road that that's a homeowner's association that you're going to feel comfortable living in. Like if you have a small trailer or a boat that you think that you're going to put in your garage and therefore your car doesn't go in the garage, mm -hmm. you, that would be something that you would want to know about. Um, the other thing too that I find very interesting and in new home sales, we saw this quite often where people would become frustrated, is that they oftentimes dictate what can be in the backyard, especially if it comes above the fence line. And that's where they become very... Um, they pay attention to storage units. A lot of times the storage unit must be painted the same color and it must have the same color of shingles as does the rest of the house. So these are things to keep into consideration um, because what happens when they don't? Yeah, um, they can begin to fine you and those fines are real fines and, right. they, and they do add up. And, and ultimately a homeowners association has the ability to foreclose on your property. Yeah, and that's different. So if you're like, we had a client that moved from New York City. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things that we discussed with her were what the HOA in the condo area that she was buying in had. Mm -hmm. And so even to the point, the foreclosure is like the, the last straw. But I do believe we've had a client that was actually called into an HOA meeting and, discuss, and discussed mm -hmm. in front of everybody, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's not always pleasant. No, it's it's not. When you, when you get to that kind of divisiveness in it, it's, it's probably best for you to not be involved in that homeowners association yeah. anymore. <laughs> and, and to the point where those fines, if you think that you're just not going to pay them, they're going to follow you and you're going to pay them plus interest when you sell the house. Yeah. So yep. not a good time. So always do your research if you are considering living in a homeowners association. Again, they're, they're, they're not all bad. No. There, there are some really well-run homeowners associations. There are some that are not really that well-run, but... Um, that's a much smaller percentage, I think. Yeah, and we've seen ones that have been run amazingly. They were self-ran, where the mm -hmm. homeowners put together and they elect their president and a couple of board members, and they've run it and they do an excellent job. And we've seen 
where they hire a company that's outside and we've seen it where it doesn't run well. So it's really up to the homeowners and how involved they are. One of the most important things that we always tell all of our clients is that what you can do to make sure that it's run the best is to participate in each one of the meetings. Be involved. And be involved. Yep. Because you are an owner in that homeowners association. Yep. So. so. Hope this has been helpful to you. If you have any other questions about working with HOAs or living in an HOA, please reach out to us. You can also throw uh, questions down into the comments. We'll be happy to answer those. Yep. And I guess that really wraps this episode up. And just remember, we want to be your realtors for life.